You're listening to the Flame Central Podcast, your home for Liberty University Athletics. Tighten up. What a shocking turn of events in the NFL draft. We react to Malik Willis going to the Tennessee Titans in the third round. Plus, ESPN NFL Nation reporter Teron Davenport joins the show to explain why Malik is a good fit for Tennessee. Plus, we recap Liberty Baseball and softball and conference play over the weekend. It's kind of an emotional show, so let's get it going. Now from our studio at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, here's your host, Emily Austin, with Matt Warner and Rhett McGibbon. Guys, so much to react from the NFL draft. We're thinking, you know, sitting there Thursday night, thinking Malik Willis is going to go in the first round. I mean, the amount of hype from the media leading up to the draft I mean, how do we not think that he's going to go in the first round? What was going through your mind sitting there watching the draft dwindle from pick one to 32? Well, you just keep convincing yourself with every pick, (laughs) like why it would work. You know, you get to that phase where, you know, the draft and there's so many trades happening and things, but you're like, okay, hey, why would why would New Orleans have made a trade and gotten another first round pick if they're not going for a yeah, quarterback, right? right? And then they, you know, they take a receiver and then they take an offensive lineman. You're like, oh, well, okay, well, that's out. And you're like, well, I mean, yeah, I could see the Texans. I mean, do we really trust Davis Mills? <laughs> like, and then, you know. And then the, the Lions trade The up. Lions, you're right. like, well, yep. of course, they're coming to get their quarterback. And then, you know, it all comes back to in your back pocket, you felt like the whole time, well, hey, but we've always got the Steelers there. Yeah. Everyone says yeah. that's a, like, done deal. Lock it up. We've always got them at 20. And then they take stinking Kenny Pickett, and right. you're like, what is going on? <laughs> right. Like, Mike Tomlin shared wings with this dude at neighbor's place, and now he's not – like, they were they, – they, it was meant to be, yeah. Rhett. It, it was, was all meant to be. And then you go on anyone. and – I don't trust anyone. I don't trust anyone. Yeah. Tampa Bay later on, I'm like, oh, that would be great. I know. Like, you Learn know, behind Brady. The goat, like, I know. he doesn't I did, have that much time left. He'll fit in right behind I him. I would do the same thing. I'm yeah. like, yeah, why not? Like, And then I'm like, wait a minute. Tom Brady would never let them draft someone <laughs> I, yeah. that won't help would, him today. Yeah. Like that. Uh, but yeah, every pick you're just justifying. Like, I mean, I could see it. I could see it going <laughs> here. You know, and yeah, it was, it was shocking. Um, but m- not as shocking as then the whole second round going yeah. by. Right. Like that's, so you got, okay. So the way, you know, with all the trades and stuff, it just didn't quite fit. There weren't that we were talking on Friday. There just really weren't that many teams that had to have a quarterback right. or that had to have one. Right now, a lot of them, you're like, well, yeah, you know, does Atlanta need a quarterback? Yes. But do they need one right now? Because Marcus Mariota, he could get him through a year or two and become a bridge guy, you know? So you felt like you had some of those situations going on. But then when you're like, I'm like, okay, he'll go early second round. No doubt. Like early second round at worst, you've got the eighth and ninth picks in the second round are both Seattle. I have those circles. Right. You're like, that's it. That's it. They're going to take him with one of those. He'll go and be a Seahawk. But then when that didn't happen, you're like, that's when you start getting concerned. Like, what's wrong here? Yeah. Like, what? Like, is there something more to the story that we don't understand? Like, did he show up in Vegas and pick up a whole lot of bad habits? He wouldn't be the first. <laughs> uh, like, you know, like, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, you right. know. Like, like, I, but no, I don't know. Right. Like, you're like, what's going on? Yeah. Well, I don't think it's just us being home. Right. You know, no, hometown. it wasn't. 
I mean, I think everyone across the board, I mean, Mila Kimes was like sitting there begging the Steelers GM to draft him. And uh, I'm sorry, the the Seahawks GM to draft him. So I think it was all of the media. I mean, just watching on Twitter, like everyone's like, what's going on with Malik Willis? A lot of national people were saying the same thing that we were like, I don't understand. And after the first round, I was texting some media members, which will have an ESPN NFL Nation uh, reporter who covers the Titans on the show with us in just a minute. But you know, asking around, like, what's going on? How did he fall out of the first round? And they all were saying, don't worry. It'll, you know, he w- won't have to wait long in a second. And then the second, like you said, comes and goes. And it's just like, what in the world is going on? So what do you think it was that allowed him to drop? Do you think that it was his, you know, only having the two years? Was it just a unique situation yeah. in the NFL? Because, you know, we've heard all along that this wasn't a deep quarterback class. Right. There was so much talent in those other position groups. So you you can't, like, ignore that. But then again, you know, it was Malik Willis and just, like, the, all the hype. I just, like, I'm so confused. It was, that's yeah, that's a multi-million yeah. dollar question, truly. Right. You really. know, and that's the crazy thing. For me, when I look at it, it's like every single expert was saying Malik has the highest ceiling, but he also has the highest bust rate. And I think maybe GMs and scouts, you know, they're thinking about their job too, right? Are they like, am I going to use a second rounder, a late first rounder on a guy that could potentially bust? I don't want to have that on my resume. And when Which you just why to- a picket goes in the 20th, it's right. like, He's that's safe. safe. Yeah. And people say, oh, his ceiling isn't that high, but his floor isn't that low. So you're kind of like, ah, oh, safe yeah. pick. Which, which is, you know, whatever. If you want to live yeah. that way. You want to roll the dice right, a little right. bit. Let's like, get going. Let's You're go. in Vegas. You want high ceiling, yeah. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, I think when you get to the third round, you have a little bit more leniency there. And you take Malik, and, you know, it's almost a win-win for you. If if it doesn't pan out, you're okay. But if it does, you look like a genius. Right. I think it was a perfect storm, too, because you mentioned the quarterback class, and it's not like there was when Ritter went ahead of him, that's when you started to get a little bit like, uh, what's going on yeah. here? Like the Falcons, this hometown team just passed on him. And I, I was texting, I think you and Joe Yawkins people and being like, it will, this will really get bad. If you start getting a bunch of those other guys going in front of him, the howls mm-hmm. and those type, I'm like, then you'll start to worry. Like there's something more going on here. Uh, but poor quarterback class in the eyes of the evaluators yeah. teams that weren't completely desperate uh, for a quarterback and, and all those things kind of, I think, factored in. And, yeah, to your point, Rhett, like, then you get down to that third-round range, you feel like, okay, now it's n- not as much of a gamble. Right. We don't – we feel like, yeah, again, if it doesn't work out, it's only – you know, it's a third-round pick or whatever. But having said that, and I can't imagine what Malik Willis was feeling, uh, you know, as Flames fans, knowing what people were feeling watching, I can't imagine what it was like for him. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah. I really can't. I oh. mean, that, that just, like, I don't know, empty feeling in yeah. your gut. I – I do not well, envy. Good choice by him not being back there, like yeah, in the green, green room, room or whatever. Yeah. And I saw this quote where he said, "I only brought one suit. I couldn't go back." So that was that was great. That was good. But like, like I can't imagine what that was like. We saw the emotion once he was picked. Like, and that was just a, an awesome thing with right. his family and friends. But like, in the end, and we talked about it with you freeze last week, the situation you find yourself in is more important than when you're drafted. Right. Right. Like, yes, you're losing money on the front end, but if you turn into what you want to be and what some people think you can be, you're going to make that money. Totally. And the situation helps you do that. And I think that this is going to put a little chip, a little big chip on his shoulder, right? I can't find the quote. It was somewhere on Twitter where um, he said, I'm going to make the teams pay, you know, for not picking me and passing on me pick after pick, round after round. So 
I don't know if that was a direct quote from him. It seems like a little chippy yeah, for, for yeah. him to say, but I, I do think that that can help drive and motivate a guy playing at the next level when all the odds are against you, right? And you also are in, a, like you said, a great situation with the, um, with the Titans, learning um, behind Ryan Tannehill, yeah. and I think that that gives you time. I don't think Malik would have been as bright of a light at the next level if he was just thrown in the fire to start year one. Right. No, it's a good fit because you've got Tannehill there, right, for this yeah. year. But Titans fans aren't exactly in love with Ryan Tannehill. Right. So it's not like you're behind a guy that's like, oh, well, maybe it's a Rodgers situation where you have to sit for three years. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't see that happening because – Oh, they're going to be calling Malik's oh, name right. after Tannehill, the first pick. Tannehill, <laughs> you know – Throws his first interception. Yeah, that's exactly it. They're going to be chanting Malik's name. And so there's not a lot of, like, hope for him in the future. <laughs> it's kind of like, get us through this year, see what happens, and let's turn it over. Also, you know, they picked the Traylon Burks kid, the wide receiver out of Arkansas in the first round. So now you've got the two young, you know, quarterback-receiver yeah. combination coming in together. And I know everyone talks about Derrick Henry. I don't know, like, people are like, oh, yeah, Malik and Derrick Henry. I'm like, well, is Derrick Henry in three years going to, like, running backs – they're, they're they have a shelf hey, life, yeah. and I know he's a freak. But, but it's we've like, been saying that each year in our Flames fantasy, or not our Flames fantasy draft, our like league um, fantasy football. Yeah. We say that every year, and he still has I know. been. And then you did delivering. miss like half the year with yeah. an injury or whatever. So I wouldn't count on like those two like running the NFL right. in the future. But like it is a very good spot. You have a a head coach that uh, is is really good in Frable that is is in, on good footing. Like if you're not entering a situation where there's like uneasiness where it's like oh is this gm is this is this coach like are they on the hot seat right. like you're entering a stable situation and for a young player and a young quarterback especially i think that that's really key to enter a situation like that's part of the reason uh pittsburgh seemed like such a great fit really stable organization so i think i think it's a very good spot for him in the end okay so enough talking we're the experts of liberty football but let's turn to an expert for Tennessee football, and that's ESPN NFL Nation reporter Teron Davenport, who now joins the show. Teron, thanks so much. Did you have any idea that the Titans were in the market for a quarterback? Yeah, I did have an idea that they were going to be in the market for a quarterback because at the combine, I asked the general manager about eventually drafting the quarterback of the future, and he had pointed to being in a, a position where in the back part of the draft, the first round, that is, there could be guys that are considered to be top-level quarterbacks in that class. And lo and behold, Malik Willis, who in my opinion is the best quarterback of the class, was not only there in the back half of the first round, he was there in the third round. So they moved up and got him, and I, I think it's a perfect match. How, how much, it, you know, I, I just seeing like on social media, Titans fans react. What is kind of their feeling towards Ryan Tannehill right now? Because it certainly seems like, Boy, they're, re they're ready to move on and find that next guy. Is that the sense you get from that fan base? Yeah, they are, uh, in a sense, ready to move on because they're tired of the, the interceptions and playoff games. Yeah. And that's You know, the last two playoff games, they ended with a Ryan Tannehill interception. So they're tired of it. They feel like the team has hit its ceiling, and they want somebody that's uh, an exciting, dynamic player, and that's exactly what Malik Willis brings. So that's pretty much where they are. You talked about it. You think Malik is the best quarterback in this draft. But in your mind, what what happened that made him slide all the way third round? And how great of a value pick is this for the Titans? Well, I think it's tremendous value because this is a guy that was in play 
in the first round, you know. So I, I don't know what happened. It, it really confuses me because I've seen quarterbacks of much less ability and, and stature go much earlier. And I, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, coming from Liberty, I, I guess they, they knocked him for some of the, the interceptions and things. But I think you have to look at what was happening. It was him just trying to make a play. And, and, and those are some of the things that, that come with, you know, trying to force things. And, and that could be corralled. I, I don't think there's a really big issue with his turnovers. And he should be a guy that, you know, in, in a year or two, you know, is, is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, the more dynamic one. All right, so if you got your little globe out and you were predicting the future, how do you think things will play out next season or maybe the season that follows? Where do you see Malik, you know, being the starter for the Titans when? Yeah, next season is possible. I mean, it's tough to make that call, not knowing how he's going to digest the playbook and, and not even seeing him on the field yet. That's a tough call, but I mean, I think that he should, at the very least, be competing for a spot next season, and that—that's a, a, at a minimum, and that's—that's that's a basic expectation for a guy that you, you know, you use a, a day two pick on. You expect him to compete for a starting spot. You know, so coaches vary in, in how they they use kind of a backup quarterback. We've seen some teams like say the, say the Saints with Taysom Hill. They weren't afraid to take the starter out and bring in Taysom Hill for a special package. Other guys I know don't like doing that. They don't like breaking up the rhythm of a starting quarterback. For Mike Vrabel, what do you feel like will be – would he be a guy that would d- design maybe a specific package to utilize Malik Willis, you think, even if he's not the starter? Do you see that being a possibility? Yeah, I do see it being a possibility. They used a lot of Wildcat last year. Uh, Derrick Henry, yeah, they've, yeah. Even had, they've even had Cam Batson in there uh, doing that. The guy's not on the roster now. He was uh, a free agent, but – I could see them just kind of like in the mode of how the Ravens used Lamar Jackson yeah. or if you even dated back before that, how the 49ers used Colin Kaepernick. Just as a, a different look, a different mix. And, you know, it would obviously be different for Wildcat with Malik Willis back there, but it's it's essentially the same thing because he is such a dynamic run, runner. And you notice that word dynamic is yeah. something I use over and over again. But I think, you know, if you look up dynamic football player, You'll see a picture of, of Malik Willis smiling. <laughs> Sometimes talent and ability can cover up like a, a person's fit with an organization. But how do you see Malik fitting in with the Titans, not only on the field, but off the field? I know that they do a lot like reaching out in the community. How do you see him as, as perhaps, you know, the cornerstone quarterback fitting in for the future? Yeah, I think he'll fit in very well. And you look at, I you know, see. I don't know. I don't know him the way you guys do, but I, I'm just looking at how he was at the combine, right? Yeah. The the basic, simple gesture of stopping and and giving clothes to a homeless person. I can't tell you how many people probably walked by that homeless person and just said, you know, hello, or or, or just kept it moving, you know. And for him to do that, that tells me a lot about his character. So, I think from a caring for the community standpoint. He's going to fit in well. And I, I think also it, he seems like he's a very strong man of faith. And uh, I think that's something that will carry him a long way, especially in this situation where it, w- it was humbling for him to, to yeah. have to fall to where he did. So I, And I think that's going to be able to, to carry him through and make him a great teammate. So can you give us a little bit, what's the timeline now? That, that rookie minicamp coming up, when is that? And in your eyes, 
how how important is that? Is that important for a guy like Malik or like on the field or more so just getting the playbook and starting to kind of ingest that a little bit? Yeah, rookie minicamp will be next week, and I think it's it's huge because for a guy like Malik, someone who you want to get in there and start having him uh, digest in the playbook, uh, you want that to happen as soon as possible. So that's big for him just to be able to get on the grass and get out there and, and, and act out some of the things that he'll be learning in the classroom, you know, between now and then. So it's, it's big time for him. And then also he and Traylon Burks, they connected at the Combine. So that would be a good opportunity yeah. for them to continue that connection because that's going to be a, a, a receiver, a quarterback duo for that, that franchise in the future. Awesome. Thanks so much for your time, Teron. You can follow Teron at T Davenport underscore NFL on Twitter. We uh, are going to have your number on speed dial for the future, if that's okay, <laughs> to kind of get all the insight and the behind the scenes on how Malik is progressing over there in Tennessee. You got it. Take right. care. You too. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Just really excited for Malik, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. having the opportunity to play at the next level. Teron is really lucky getting to cover a guy like Malik. So we'll uh, have some We'll have him on the back burner, you know, right, whenever right. we need to get any Malik insight or any, any <laughs> well, Titans info. We need to just go, go down there. Right. You know, because yeah. you got Malik trip. there. You got Tony Deuce, who's on that, who's a Liberty guy, who's on that uh, Titans staff. Mm-hmm. So we just need to make a trip down there and, uh, Works. yeah, shoot a couple of stories. I mean, we might even change to the Liberty Titans. You never know. Oh, that might be. You, might you, be got, you guys are like, are there guys? I'm with, with another yeah, terrible yeah. idea. Tighten up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, I like yeah, that. Do you like, like that one? Yeah, okay. I think you'll see a few Titans jerseys around Lynchburg. Right. Oh, I will say sure. that. I know a number of people that I've talked to that were already like, yeah, I was online looking for him last night. I haven't found a Malik Willis jersey yet. I just can't believe how quickly they can make the the little, not Game so, Boy. It's not Game Boy. Oh, what is the, it? Uh, the Madden stuff? The Madden oh, stuff. Oh, like, how is, it, how is Malik already playing in Madden for the Titans? Well, how about the... Did Austin I, how do about, this? Oh, yeah, on the first round, everybody had the jersey with their name on it. I oh, didn't yeah. feel like that used, it didn't used to just always be yeah, just the number. True. So I'm like, somewhere there's a stack of right. like 30 yeah. Kenny Pickett jerseys with every team or 30 Malik Willis jerseys with every team. Like, so someone's in charge of like, you have to burn these so that right? these are, yeah. yeah, you know, they don't, these don't get out. It's kind of like wherever those Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl jerseys or right. shirts yeah, are. There's, oh, there's like kid, kids in, in Ghana wearing Malik yeah. Willis Jets jersey. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's switch gears to some uh, Liberty baseball on the road at Stetson this weekend. And it was quite a showing for the pitching staff. I mean, this was... <laughs> This was a marathon, this series. Uh, it really all started on Friday, and it was funny because it was kind of coinciding with the draft. All you know, all the Flames fans locked in on the first round. Meanwhile, Liberty Baseball is just like in an all-out war, uh, <laughs> going, uh, was it 15 innings yeah. with Stetson? They end up winning 2-1. to one. Just an, an incredible pitching performance. You saw it all from the Flames, starting with Garrett Horn. He goes seven innings, does not allow a hit, strikes out 12, Walks only three, so he leaves after seven no-hit innings. Wow! Uh, in what at that time was a one, they were halfway through the game. Yeah, one nothing game. <laughs> Stetson Stetson scored That's an terrible. unearned run in the first. So yeah. So then you battle back. You get like your bullpen's just locked down. Mason Fluerty three and a third scoreless innings. Kate Hungate, Trey Carter goes three and two third scoreless. I think you end up setting the uh, program record for strikeouts in that game uh, with twenty four. So wow! That's one of those where. Once you start getting like extra innings and past like 10, 11, it's like 
we'd better win this yeah. because we're burning. <laughs> like, yeah, like no. you've got, you know, your Carter and Fleurty and those guys are done. Like, they, like you burned them. So yeah. it's like, boy, I really hope we can win this yeah. game because I don't know what we'll have coming back after this. And, uh, you know, Liberty lost the middle game but then got eight scoreless innings uh, from – Starting pitcher uh, Joe Adamets there in the in the series finale to close it out, and so yeah, they continue to roll. They continue to uh, to rack up these conference you know series wins, which is important heading into the postseason soon. And I know it's not you know softball with their twenty one and zero that we'll we'll talk about here in a minute, <laughs> but but baseball continues to move in the right direction. And right now they're tied atop the East Division with Kennesaw State, and in effect have the tiebreaker because they won the series yeah. against them. They'll play them again. But, uh, yeah, they really good spot and seem to be, as we've talked about, they went in that big lull for yeah. a while. They've come out of it, and they're playing really consistent baseball now. And I think that it's it's great that they bounce back after that tough loss on the road at UNC to start this five-game road right. trip. So the the fact that they were able to take two of three at Stetson and and stay atop the um, East standings is is like a huge uh, relief, I think, for, for them going into another ro- uh, road game. ACC opponent Wake Forest uh, tomorrow, and then they're back home, they're right? Home. No this... TV for the Jacksonville series what? because of all the gradu- wow. graduation wow. stuff that's going on. Who cares about graduation? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you know, what time is that game? That, that was Friday a... is a two o'clock game. That the one on uh, Saturday, the one o'clock. Confused. Yeah, I was like, kind of like that's early, right after graduation. Like, yeah, let everybody go get their lunch and then come back. But anyways, so, I'm not making those calls. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It always yeah. you got to plan everything around yeah, like lunch. Right, yeah. Yeah. You know, Adam yeah. so good to see him have a good start. I think that was that, they've been looking key. for that. He's right. been kind of he's always kind of walking that tightrope yeah. of like, yeah, they're not scoring, but you're giving up a lot of base runners mm-hmm. and kind of always on the verge of. But yeah, no, that was the dominant, and that, that's what they needed. Yeah, hopefully they can finish strong and head into the postseason. I mean, their regular season lasts a lot longer than than you think. Like yeah. softball's wrapping up here pretty quick, right? Yeah, this is the coming up the last weekend of uh, regular season for softball. Yeah, Liberty's last conference series it, it finishes the twenty first, yeah, Saturday the twenty first. So we still got a while before they're done. But uh, yeah, playing really well and happy for them. Don't mind it though, though. You kind of offset the World Series. Like softball World Series got a lot of eyes last mm-hmm. year. And I think it probably get a lot of eyes again this year. So if you can kind of offset it like, hey, women's wrap up and then the men's come in right after, perfect. Yeah. It's all about the ratings. It is. It is. <laughs> but I don't mind a little offset. Like, why not? Right. No, like no, in some I, ways, women's basketball, if you could do that well, too, what, like, you know, have either the women start later or earlier. I and agree. so it's not all coinciding i'd be yeah down with that. like because it shouldn't be a competition between the yeah. women and the men um fighting for ratings because unfortunately i feel like the men are always going to you know but i i feel like i don't know what the numbers were for for the baseball world series compared to softball last year but i do remember that hype and and jmu like yeah, making JMU a run. Did a lot. It, yeah. it helped a lot um so switching gears to the women's side First, before we get into actually, uh, you know, the Lady Flames play, yeah. talk about Paul Wetmore. It was his last game oh, calling for Liberty softball and, and just what his uh, relationship meant for you in the booth. Yeah, yeah. Coach is uh, hanging up his cleats, I guess, or yeah. his headset, his whatever headset. you want to call he did, it. He, I was going to say, he wear cleats yeah, on the yeah, broadcast? He did, you <laughs> it know? was really <laughs> weird. I always knew when he was walking <laughs> yeah, in. <right. laughs> no. But yeah, that was his last game. He pulled me aside after. He said, I just want you to know that was my last game. And it was kind of like... Oh, you should have given us a, at least a five minutes head up at the heads up at the end so we could have told everybody. But yeah, he's moving to uh, the Tennessee region, I think Nashville area to be closer it's to the Titans family. Game. Yeah. yeah, I know. He's, he's like, I got a tip. He actually did text me like after they <laughs> Malik. drafted Malik and he was like, I think he has season tickets in the family somewhere. He's gonna be like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna be wearing my seven now. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. so he was excited about that. But yeah, it was his last game. 
on the call with us and had a storied career as a part of Liberty softball head coach and also as a broadcaster. And yeah, I'll miss him. We had a yeah. lot of fun. You know, you, you spend a lot of days together when you're doing baseball or softball long hours. So we've had quite the friendship over the last couple of years and sad to see him go, but happy for him too. Yeah. We'll have to keep uh, in touch with him. And, and when we're making those trips to Tennessee. Yeah. So for Lady Flames, 21 and 0 in conference play. Yeah. Is that, I mean, obviously that's a positive, but um, it, I, talk about this weekend and, and how the momentum could be a positive because, you know, you do get some lessons out of a loss and they mm-hmm. are um, dropping some some big time games against uh, some tough opponents during those midweeks. But could that hurt them come the conference tournament or do you think that they're just so dominant in the A-Sun that it wouldn't matter? I think they're good. I think the way that Dot scheduled it and kind of going off what you were saying, right? You have your your weekend conference series, you smoke them, but then you're facing a <laughs> like this yeah, is the truth. Yeah. You're facing a Duke on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And that kind of gives you a reality check again. Now Duke you beat, but the next week you take on Tennessee. You lose that one. I don't know. It was a four one or five one mm-hmm. somewhere in that area. And you're still within the you're in the game, right? Like that's the thing. They're like in my mind, the tiers of college softball, you kind of have your top five, then you have your five through twenty, and then there's the the rest. the rest now liberty they don't have the ranking but i would put them in that area of of that five through 20 like they they can compete with those teams and they can be really close they might not have quite as many game breakers but again they're right in that area so this week you just come off now unf's a good team i know you just swept them but they were mm-hmm. second in the east for a reason they're a really solid program they have good pitching so to sweep that series i would say is a statement to the rest of the ASN, like okay liberty actually is as legit mm-hmm. as we all think they are now they go and face number three, Virginia Tech, here either tomorrow or Wednesday. Another wake-up call for you. If you can come away with a win there, like you're riding high. But no matter what, you take on Stetson again this coming weekend. You go into ASUN Conference play, you're feeling good about has yourself. Any, do you know, has any softball team ever run the table completely? Yeah, that's a great – and the ASUN, yeah. I, know, I have no idea. I should, I'll should. i have to look that up. That's Joe great. Carmody, get yeah, on. Yeah, Where right, are you, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, you're, you're right knocking on the door right now. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Exciting time. So graduation coming up on campus. Then you have these big series um, in conference play with baseball, softball. Track me on Wednesday at home. So that should be exciting. A lot of good. Well, hey, your 4 by 100 guys did it again, yep. too. Didn't they, they? they broke the record by, what would that be? 0.01. So that would be 100. Again, this past that, weekend? Yeah. So is that, is that the fourth time or yeah. fifth time yeah. they've done it? Fourth, I think. They switched it up, too. I, I think they moved uh, Diamante to the the final leg. So that's like tough, right? Like yeah. when you're, you're making that adjustment, not in race, but like before, you <laughs> right. know, hey, sw- hey, actually, no, I'm going to go in the But making that adjustment, you know, and still breaking a record, even though it was point by point yeah. zero one, it's, it's a big deal. Some other notables um, coming out of track two are, you know, high jumper, Kennedy Sauter. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's just a stud. And then uh, Lawrence, what Felix Lawrence, um, Winning the 400 hurdles with 51.59 seconds. That's like crazy, crazy stuff. So um, looking forward to getting out to that track meet maybe on Wednesday. Also, guys and ladies, I'm sure you know this. Mother's Day is this upcoming Sunday. Wait, what? So Mother's Day is this upcoming Sunday. So be sure you head to your CVS to get your cards before they run out. And um, And, and on our show this week, Flame Central Show, I know you've got a feature uh, involving Mother's Day. There there are some fun – some fun edits, right? Because there's some things it's like, Oh, what are some of your favorite me- memories? And they're like, Oh, well, 
I remember my mom, I got in trouble and she spanked me with, and I'm like, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna edit that one out. Um, but yeah, some really sweet tributes um, to, to moms coming on the Flame Central uh, show this week. So check that out. Guys, anything else we wanna add before we go? No, I think we're, I think that's, I think we're all yeah. just glad the draft is in the rear view mirror yeah. and excited to sure. kind of head, head on towards summertime. Yeah. yeah, put it in cruise control. All right, we'll catch you guys back here next week. Thanks for listening.